Your Bible guarantees the rise of a strongman in Europe very soon. Learn how the appearance of a European strongman is a sign of Jesus Christ's second coming. Next, on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. The book of Daniel is an end time book only. It's only for this end time, Daniel. 12 verses 4 and 9 tell you that. And if you look at uh, Daniel 8 and verse 19, it talks about it being the, in the last end. That is, the last end of the end time. And if you uh, look at uh, what Daniel talks about, he, he, uh, he, he discusses an Antiochus that rises in Europe in this end time. Now, if you look at the ancient Antiochus, which is discussed in this book of Daniel, you'll see that uh, he actually got control of the entire Middle East. And so, if you look at the end-time Antiochus, he's also going to get control of the Middle East. And that's going to shock this world and change the course of history. And I'll tell you something that's even more shocking. This Antiochus and his supporters are going to fight Jesus Christ when He returns. And it's going to happen just a short time into the future because Antiochus is a sign that Jesus Christ is returning imminently. So that's going to be happening. Notice Daniel 8, verses 9 and 10. And out of one of them came forth a little horn. That's Antiochus, and most Bible commentaries will tell you that. But it's only a type of this end time Antiochus. So here's this little horn, the Antiochus, which waxed exceeding great toward the south and toward the east and toward the pleasant land, and it waxed great even to the host of heaven. And it cast down some of the host and of the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. That's Daniel 8, verses 9 through 10. And then notice now in verse 11, Yea, he, he, this Antiochus, magnified himself even against the prince of the host, Jesus Christ himself. And by him the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. So here you have this man. And so, uh, with such gall, actually, here challenges Jesus Christ Himself. Verse 12, And an host was given Him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression, and it cast down the truth to the ground, and it practiced and it prospered in this world. Practiced and prospered, but look of where, to where it is leading, to where it is taking us. Verse 23, And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king, Antiochus, the same Antiochus, a king of fierce countenance and understanding, dark sentences shall stand up, and his power shall be mighty, and not by his own power, and he shall destroy mightily, it should read, and shall prosper in practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. So this is a very evil 
work that's going on, but notice where it all leads. Verse 25, And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, that is, Antiochus, and by peace shall destroy many. In other words, he comes in peace and says he wants peace, but he lies and he, he deceives. And then it concludes by saying, He shall also stand up against the Prince of Princes, that's Jesus Christ, but he shall be broken without hand. That's at the return of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is going to destroy this power, and it'll never rise again. And He's going to rule this world and bring it the peace and joy and happiness that it has always desired, but never been able to achieve to any length of time. Notice uh, Daniel 2 and verse 36. I'll just paraphrase this. It's talking about the uh, dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, and Daniel interpreted it for him and told him, well, he was the king of kings. And then he goes on to talk about, uh, And after you shall rise another kingdom inferior to you, and another third kingdom of brass shall bear rule over all of the earth. And then verse 40, notice that, And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaks in pieces and subdues all things, and as iron that breaks all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas you saw the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, a lot of strength, but degenerate from the time of Nebuchadnezzar. For as much as you saw the iron mixed with miry clay. So there are ten toes here, ten toes, or ten kings on that foot, and right at the very last end. This is the end of the Holy Roman Empire forever, and all evil empires, for that matter. But these uh, kings are contemporaneous. Ten of them are going to rise up. That's discussed in Revelation 17, and it even has God's approval. If you look at verse 17 of chapter 17. But notice what it says in verse 44 and, and in the days of these kings, these very kings, the uh, ten kings, the ten toes, right here at the last end. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever." So here these kings are going to appear before Jesus Christ, the very kings that are already on this earth. They're just not in their offices yet in most cases. But what fabulous news this is! It gives us a time element about when Jesus Christ is going to return. These kings are going to be on the scene of these ten toes, ten kings that will comprise the Holy Roman Empire. And that's something that's going to happen very, very soon, extremely soon. Verse 21 of Daniel 11. I want to turn there. Daniel 11, verse 21, And in his state shall stand up a vile person, to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably, 
and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Well, how could that happen? That uh, in a European area, the countries of Europe, how could that happen where somebody could come in by deceit and flatteries? How could that happen? Well, here is a quote from our booklet on Daniel. It says, Daniel 11, verse 21 speaks of Antiochus Epiphanes, who gained control of the Middle East while the Greco-Macedonian Empire was in decline. Antiochus obtained rule through deceitful lies and flatteries. It says he would come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Well, he was never voted into the office, but he came in, got control of the, all that power through deceit and flatteries. Now, remember, this is an end time book, and this is an end time prophecy. It's going to happen again in this end time. A man is going to come, and through deceit and flatteries, is going to get control of the, the Holy Roman Empire and its ten toes or ten kings, and not by voting. Even though that is their system today, it is not going to, he's going to come in another way. How does that happen? Well, we'll uh, tell you more about that as we go along. But uh, he also uh, acted like, well, took on the Roman manners and all that, and, uh, and tried to act like he was a certain Roman or a certain person. In other words, he acted like someone that he was not. That's the point. He deceived people, and he hated the Jews, and this this man in the end time is going to hate the Jews. It also talks about Israel, which includes two other nations in Bible prophecy, and that's explained in our book on the United States and Britain in prophecy. But this Antiochus was ruthless and very brutal, and it says that the Jews were driven to desperation by the mad project of this self-willed monarch. And it goes on to talk about how that uh, he did everything he could to destroy the faith of the Jews, their faith. Now, I want to read something to you. There, there was an election on September the 26th of this year in, in Germany. Now, I think it's something we really need to be aware of and, and follow closely, because something really, really major in world events is about to occur in Europe. And notice what is, is uh, really opening the door for this Antiochus. But when they had that election, the winner was actually nobody. Nobody won, and they couldn't even, didn't even have a, a common coalition grouping that could come together and rule. So that means uh, they're probably going to have to, uh, well, in the past they've had to wait for something like six months before they even brought a government together. And this is going to produce a magnificent opportunity for this Antiochus that is prophesied to happen in the last end, the very last end. So uh, there's a very weak and precarious government there in Germany at this time. And even the Times of London said uh, the Germans faced months of uncertainty after knife edge election. It's produced a deadlock. So what do they do? 
Well, now this is really going to open up a great opportunity for somebody to move in through deceit and flatteries and get control of what is going to come very quickly, the Holy Roman Empire. Now, if you, when you talk about uh, leadership, there's not going to be any leadership in Europe that doesn't come from Germany. They, only someone who leads Germany, and it surely will be a German who does that, can lead that, uh, that real power that is coming upon this earth. It's going to be a superpower, just suddenly. It's going to become a superpower. And we certainly believe that this, uh, there will be one supreme king over ten kings, will be the way it happens. And uh, I'll say a little bit more about that later, but uh, this is really an open door, just an open door for somebody who can get in there because they're facing great crises in Europe and, and they need strong leadership. And if they're going to get it, it has to come from the powerful Germany, which is, dominates and even domineers Europe today. They are the powerhouse, and they, they will have uh, ten kings that will give all of their military to one man, and it will be a superpower that will shock the world. Now, let me just read you a little of what happened uh, in Afghanistan. I'll, I'll read to you what, uh, what it says here in one of our news reports. European Union defense and foreign ministers, these are the, the high-level uh, leaders in Europe, along with officials from the North Atlantic Treaty Organization and the United Nations met in Slovenia on September the 2nd to discuss the EU's need for a combined military force. They are fearful now. Why? It's clear that the need for more European defense has never been as evident as today after the events in Afghanistan. Now, this is not a political issue at all. This is what the European, the leading Europeans are saying about what America did in Afghanistan. And they now know, uh, think that they cannot trust America. And that was a quote from uh, Joseph Borrell the EU foreign policy chief. So you can see these people are fearful of what is going to happen because they don't have America helping them as they have had in the past. That's what they're saying. And what does this all mean pertaining to this Antiochus? Well, you could see a, just one person moving in there to really rule over all ten of the uh, nations, but uh, there is a slight possibility there could be just ten total, and uh, the, the leadership could come or would come out of Germany. There is a prophecy in Isaiah 10 verses 5 through 7 that tells you that it's the, it's, the power is going to be in Assyria. That's the ancient name for Germany today. And we prove that to you in our book on the United States and Britain and Prophecy. But we go on to read here, America's withdrawal from the world scene is giving Europe the urgency it needs to implement these ideas. Quote, 
There are events that catalyze the history, Borrell said. Sometimes something happens that pushes the history. It creates a breakthrough, and I think the Afghanistan events of this summer are one of these cases. And then he says, In my view, we do not need another such geopolitical event to grasp that the EU must strive for greater decision-making autonomy and greater capacity for action in the world. That's EU Council President Charles Michael. He said that on September the 1st. There is fear in Europe, and we need to understand that because, after all, America has been protecting Europe for a long time, but they don't believe that protection is there anymore. But as Nigel Farage said, that Afghanistan has, and what happened there has taken America off the the world stage. I think I have to agree with that. So he's not. We're not just withdrawing from Afghanistan. We're we're withdrawing from the world stage. What does that mean, and what what is that going to cause? What is this debacle going to cause? What is what are the fruits going to be? Well, there certainly are. Well, is a lot going on. One more quote I want to give you that's very critical. Here is the European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, and she says this: "You can have the most advanced forces in the world, but if you're never prepared to use them, of what use are they?" Talking about America, remember Leviticus 26 and verse 19. God said He would break the pride of our power if we don't repent. And change our ways. We won't have the power of the will. We have the power, but we don't have the will to use it. That's what this lady was concerned about, and she just happens to be the EU president. And that's that's very important, I think, for us to to think about. And there was another man, John Allen Jr., wrote for Crux News that Europe's future is up for grabs. Now it really is up for grabs, in many ways, and there is going to be a modern-day Antiochus that's going to come on the scene, and somehow he's going to, through deceit and and flatteries, he's going to move into the leadership. He's going to hijack the powerful European ten toes or ten kings that will. Comprise the Holy Roman Empire. Now that is some amazing history, and notice what it says here, verse forty. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him. That's going to be Iran and their terrorist allies. And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass. So there's going to be real trouble for the Jerusalem area, Judah area. And it says in verse 41, he shall enter also into the glorious land, and that's Judah, the cities of Judah. And where is this all leading? Where is it all leading? If he's going to enter into the glorious land, then that means they're going to have some serious trouble 
along with two other nations that, is, uh, that, that are called in the Bible prophetic Israel. And we explained that, that in our booklet on the new throne of David. But, but let, let's go down just a little further uh, when we talk about Europe being up for grabs. Uh, we have to realize that there, there is an opening there where you could see, even though they vote their leaders in, that they could agree on having uh, one man rule over all of them and give all of their military might, even their nuclear bombs from France. And uh, certainly they will be a nuclear power immediately and have nuclear submarines. And that's going to shock the world. Then verse 44, But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. That, that's the uh, communist. Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly make away many. So they, they, they are attacked by who? Well, by 200 million, a 200 million man army. The Russia and China and their allies, and they're going to sweep through Europe and just totally devastate that area. That's going to happen, and you're going to see it happen. It's, it's prophesied in your Bible. It's going to happen, but it's leading to the best news we could ever possibly hear. Notice what it says, and then in verse 45, And he shall plant the tabernacles, that would be his religion, of his palace, that would be for the king, between the seas and the glorious holy mountain, that would between, be between the Dead Sea and the Mediterranean Sea, yet he shall come to his end, and none shall help him." So the, uh, this European Antiochus and his followers, his ten toes, their, their, their military is going to move into the Middle East, where they have the control, and they're going to make their head, headquarters right there in Jerusalem. But it says here, they're not going to have anybody to help them. It's all going to end badly, and it's going to end suddenly, suddenly. But uh, see, again, we need to look at this closely, but notice the end of it. We have to be concerned about the end. There should not even be a chapter break here, not even a chapter break, but look at what it says. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which stands for the children of your people. This time Israel is going to be protected. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was, since there was a nation, even to that same time. Well, can you imagine, with all these nations in their nuclear power fighting each other, can you imagine the trouble that's going to come on this earth if, we don't, if man doesn't repent of his sins? And there's no indication that I can see that he will. But look what is going to happen, and at that time, your people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. God says, I'm going to protect the people who get this message out to the world and deliver this message. I'm going to protect those people. And then verse 2, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. God is going to hold us accountable for what we do, but He's going to give the whole world and everybody who's ever lived a chance to know God, really know God, and 
have this eternal glory and this great blessing of being born into the very family of God as God's own sons, God beings in the very family of God. And these people that get the message out are going to be the bride of Jesus Christ. And they're going to sit on David's throne with Jesus Christ and help Him rule the world and then the universe for all eternity. And then notice how, uh, what these people are going to receive. Verse 3, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. You see how God feels and, and, and how He well, uh, how he thinks of people who get this message out and turn many to righteousness. God is impressed by that and moved by that. And he says here, now if you'll do that, your faces are going to shine like the stars forever and ever. That's the reward that God is going to give people who do that. This message is going out, and God is going to bring all of humanity who has ever lived into His kingdom if they want it. And He's going to resurrect many of them and give them that opportunity, because most men have never, ever really known God. But here you, have, you can become the, like the brightness of the firmament. Your faces will be like that, and your faces will shine like the stars forever and ever. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. Your Bible guarantees the rise of a strongman in Europe very soon. Learn how the appearance of a European strongman is a sign of Jesus Christ's second coming. The prophetic book of Daniel is for this end time. It warns of a terrifying European tyrant about to dominate the continent. Request Gerald Flurry's free booklet, Daniel Unsealed at Last to learn about a subtle man who will seize power over Europe through flatteries and deceit. He won't be elected. The ancient type of this man was vicious and destructive. He did all he could to wipe out the faith of the Jews. The end-time European strongman will also hate the Jews and seek to destroy as much as possible. You need to know this startling prophecy of Daniel chapter 8. Study Daniel, unsealed at last, to understand how the strongman future of Europe will have a devastating effect on all mankind. Also request Gerald Fleury's free booklet, Germany's Conquest of the Balkans. The brutal fate of the Balkans in the 1990s is just a small preview of what Germany will soon do to Europe and attempt to do to the whole world. The biggest shame of all is that America helped Germany while betraying American allies in the region. You can prove that Germany's conquest of the Balkans was the first step toward another world war. You'll also receive a free copy of Gerald Flurry's booklet, Daniel Unlocks Revelation. The book of Revelation puts prophecy in time sequence. It foretells earth-shaking events to occur in the near future. Yet most people don't understand it. The book of Daniel is the key that unlocks Revelation. Discover the violent warfare and unprecedented suffering about to swallow up the world. More importantly, see the loving God behind the punishment. He desires to bring all mankind into His family and will only correct us until we obey. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request Daniel Unsealed at Last, Germany's Conquest of the Balkans, and Daniel Unlocks Revelation. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629.
For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request Daniel, Unsealed at Last, Germany's Conquest of the Balkans, and Daniel Unlocks Revelation. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. The preceding program was a paid presentation of The Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.